Hello and welcome to another episode of Revenue Champions with me, your host, Ryan Reisert. This episode, we get a very special guest, Breezy Beaumont, the head of growth at Correlated and product-led revenue evangelist. Product-led growth, PLG, is the way. PLG, P-led growth is the way. Phone-led growth is the way. In this episode, you're going to hear Breezy and I talk about product red growth and outbound and how the two can come together and not be mutually exclusive to help organizations really get out there and sell in the modern environment. You're not going to want to miss this episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Revenue Champions podcast. Today, I have honestly a a, a really exciting guest because uh, I've been joking around this uh, acronym PLG last couple of uh, weeks, maybe a week or two. And today we have a PLG expert, I believe, in this conversation. Uh, Breezy Beaumont is joining us today. Breezy, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) PLG expert. We're all figuring it out, right? (laughs) I just happen to study it a little bit more than the next person next to me. Um, but yeah, so I'm Breezy Beaumont. Um, I've worked at a, my career has been a number of different SaaS companies and, and, uh, software companies. Um, but, uh, my role is that I am the head of growth, which means I own all of our marketing, including SDR function here, uh, at Correlated and, uh, Correlated. We are a SaaS company ourselves. We are also product led. So, you know, very meta of us and we work primarily with, product-led companies helping to get those uh, product usage key moments and service those uh, product qualified leads to the revenue team. So I've been joking about this a little bit, you know, recently I said, I'm a massive fan of PLG. I think that is the most efficient way to go to market for any SaaS company. I think that you get you know, efficiency with your, you get a, you get a lower CAC, you get a higher LTV, you get all those things that you want. That's why I love PLG. PLG for me is life. PLG is the future. P led growth is the future. Phone red led growth is the future. Phone led growth. And so what does that actually mean? So it's actually not PLG is actually product led growth. But I, I'm excited because you just mentioned the SDRs roll up to you. You've got you've got a lot of functions rolling up to you. So um, for folks that maybe are just kind of kind of figure this out, like what is, what does product led growth mean to you? Like what what does that mean to you? Because I think there's all you know like when you have something like that coming into market, there's always like a lot of variables in the equation. So let's let's define that and then let's get into the conversation today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be fun to talk about the product-led, phone-led growth, and actually that they're you're probably envisioning them on two ends of the spectrum here, and I'm envisioning them exactly on the same exact path. No, <laughs> so, now we're talking. No, yeah. that's exactly right. So, so that's why I wanted to find it. Here we go. Let's go. This is all right. Be exciting let's let's put the definition down so we can uh, build off of that good little foundation for everybody. So, um, product-led growth is a go-to-market strategy, um, and what that basically boils down to is if you were to go out in the wild, so to speak, and try to find what is a product-led growth company, 
to any company where if you go to their website, you can easily get started with their product. So that might be a free trial. That might be a freemium, like a free tier of their product. That could be a lot of different things. Um, but basically the idea that you can choose to, to get started with the product. From my point of view, it's really less about how are we positioning our product to the market and more so about how can we improve the buyer's journey in favor of what the buyer wants to do at, at where they are today. So have they already purchased our product in the past and, and now maybe they're at a different company, they just want to buy it again? Like let them into the product. We don't need to have to have this like back and forth conversation. If they, you know, want to come and test out the product themselves and get a feel for it, you know, sort of like conceptualize it, let's let them do that. And then let's nudge them and say, hey, like I, I you know, you've been playing around with this and that. Would it be helpful to jump on a strategy call? I noticed that you try blah, blah, blah feature or whatever it might be. So it's very much this sort of back and forth between both using the product and getting your hands dirty, um, but also these kind of human touch points. So it's, it's, it's a combination of both of them. I love the way that you just said that because you just like corrected me right out the gate. You're like, whoa, 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 it's not a spectrum thing. You're putting the customer first, right? So you got product and customer. And the idea here becomes hey, do we have something that serves our customer? And then how do we grow it? That's maybe a better definition than what a lot of other maybe less advocates for like, um, let's say like traditional, like uh, there, there's like a, there's like a disdain these days. I feel like whenever you hear like sales, sales comes out of your mouth and, and people get a little bit frustrated with that term. Um, and so what we're talking about is like having an experience where like, hey, I know who you are as a customer. I know where you are in terms of the journey here. And let me let, let you ride along in that journey. And so your definition now becomes, so product-led growth becomes, hey, instead of us putting all these gates ahead of you seeing what we do, put it out there in the wild and let's see what happens. And then from there, we can start to insert ourselves into the conversation where relevant. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why then it, it, you're sort of painting a picture on why also data is like this core piece of product-led growth, because if people are kind of getting into your product, you need to figure out what the heck they're doing there so you can have a good conversation with them. But I don't want to dive into that too much. I think you're 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 hitting the nail on the head there. Um, and it's it sort of changes the way that we sell and it changes the way that we market a little bit. It changes the way that our customer success org works. Um, there's a couple other roles that sort of get introduced along the way. So all these sort of shift slightly, but it's not like night and day because it's, it's really like a hybrid. And I think that's sort of the confusion in a lot of people's brains. Like, oh, we're product led now. So we just like throw our sales team out the window. And that's what people who aren't in product led <laughs> think happens. Sales is out the window. Like marketing is only trying to get people in the product and blah, 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 blah. No, it's, it's just changing the way that a, a buyer can kind of go through their journey, whether they want to try out the product or they want a demo to start or after they have that demo, now they want to use the product and being able to kind of choose. I think the way to, that I like to sort of position it. So I was, I was recently speaking to a group of like a hundred people in sales and most of them were not at product led and had no product led experience. IE, this is the most likely group of people that I'm probably going to get a bunch of backlash from talking about product led growth. So instead of talking about product led growth, I just had them, you know, 
describe to me. It's like, if you had to go buy a product today, let's say, you know what you want for a product. Now you're just going to go, you need to go buy it and like, kind of look through some options. What, what would you want to do? What would you want that process to look like? And these are people who are on the receiving end of all the demo requests and all these things with their companies, but they, the way that everyone describes how they want to sell is that, that, or how they want to buy is that they want to be able to try out the product at some point. Maybe they want to go down the sales path for a while and then try it just right before they're buying it. Maybe they want to start at the product and then go down a sales path. Maybe they can just fully self-serve through the product. Um, but it's really like, it's really funny when you position it the other way, instead of just like trying to, you know, drive it down people's throats, like product route is like the way to do it. It's like, how would you want to go down this process? And it just, it just makes sense. And if you look at the next set of generations coming after us, they're even more technically savvy. So even when we view things as like a complex product that might be hard to get going in today, we're already learning that what we think is a complex product, people are really able to self-navigate through these. Um, and then as you look down the next generation, same thing. But that being said, you should definitely still try to build into the product, into your different like cues and the email engagement and the outreach that you have from people, you should definitely be guiding them along the way. You don't just want to throw them in there and, and see if they sink or swim. But So you just painted a really, I mean, this is the same picture I always try to tell people about. Like, let's, let's assume, so let's, let's not talk about SaaS, right? Which is like where this is all coming from. Like, let's give you like a free trial before you go into this, but just yeah. physical products, right? So um, I use this example all the time where this is this, the, the disdain with historical sales models where salespeople are distrusted. You don't really like, you don't really get value from them. I'm as consumer, I'm going to walk into a mall or a store and a sales rep comes up to me or I'm walking by a kiosk and they start talking. What do we do? Our natural, our natural reaction is boom, stiff arm. No, I'm just looking. <laughs> No, I'm just browsing. If I'm in a store already, which is kind of crazy to think about, like we just you just painted that picture for me. Like, hey, I, I'm ex I'm interested. I just want to experience this product. Um, I'm in the store, and a salesperson comes to me. I'm trying to buy shoes at Dick's. Hey, can I help you? Boom, stiff arm. No, instead I could have said like, actually, yeah, I'm actually looking for soccer cleats for my son. He's four years old. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's a couple options here. No, but instead we just go boom. We just stiff arm them because we don't want to talk to salespeople. So what you just yeah. said, like if we all understand that as a human and a like as a being, then that translates so well into the software environment as well, where, you know, like, hey, this sounds awesome. Like you say you solve a specific problem. I kind of want to go down this journey myself before I talk to a salesperson, because unfortunately, and I'm doing my best, it's my mission, right? I'm trying to like change the perception profession of sales. I'm doing my best, but. Unfortunately, salespeople are seen as like the last ditch person you want to talk to because they, they don't give you the transparency and the insight and the things you need. Um, and so but basically what you're saying is like, hey, there's this environment where if you could create this cry before you and buy relationship with your your business or with your with your, your service, your software, whatever it might be, you might be able to attract a bigger audience because you don't have that gap where a, you know, historical sales character exists like the you know glenn gary glenn ross right they don't walk on the lots <laughs> unless they're rest to buy or 
coffees for closer, right? Like it's, it's like, Hey, how do you eliminate that and say, Hey, we got something that serves an audience. Come out, come on, come check it out. And then what? And then what? That's the conversation I'm excited about. Cause I think someone like you who owns the SDRs within that environment, that's the, that's the conversation we should have today. Right? Like, okay, we get that, right? No one wants to talk to salespeople before we know we get that there's this tribe of five. Okay. So now what though? If I, if I open that up, I said, okay, I actually have something that serves people, which look, there's some companies out there that probably should die because they don't actually have something. They're just selling con cannon fodder. That's a problem. But now it's a transparent environment. We have something that serves people. How does that work? Like how does the sales and, and marketing and, and go to market work in that environment where it's like, Hey, we have something real. We'll let you taste it or feel it or try it. But then how does that journey work? And like, I think that's the conversation that's exciting for me. Cause like you said, it's not <laughs> phone red light growth and, and product light growth are not mutually exclusive. They're actually inclusive. Uh, I think, I don't know. That's what, that's what yes. I heard. When yes, you, when yes, you that's this. what I'd say. So the, the data and, you know, it's building these kind of data sets of, of product led companies is, is sort of newer, but so far it's, it's something around 96% of product led growth companies have sales teams. And a reflection of that, I think is, is maybe the same or even just even slightly higher on marketing teams as well. So it's very much like this hybrid type of environment. Um, but talking about like that sales process specifically and, and what that looks like, um, I mean, I think everyone across your revenue org has sort of this added responsibility of really, truly understanding your product. I think, <laughs> you know, it might seem a little, uh, silly, but if we are being honest with ourselves and thinking back at past companies we've worked for, like there might've been instances where you never really used the product that you were marketing or selling during that whole time that you were there. Or if you did, your knowledge of it was like so high level, um, just enough really to like be able to do your job. Um, and so, but in these product led companies, you're not have com having conversations with people who have been using your product. So you have to have a little bit of a deeper product knowledge, but the good news is that it's readily accessible since you can just go right onto the website and start using it. Um, and so, so you can have that. So I think that's one thing that, that definitely applies across the whole revenue org. And then I think for like sales conversations specifically, I mean, the, the best way for me to relate it to where what we have today and kind of relate it to what what it looks like in product led um, is sort of like a customer success type of conversation. So instead of getting on the phone to be like, this is our product and like, let me like do discovery with you and this and that you're kind of getting on the phone a lot of the time with people who might have already been using your product for however long it might be. Um, and so you're saying like, hey, I saw you took these key actions and that you've invited a certain amount of users into it, or you've been trying to use this dashboard, or you've built some number of reports, you know, specific to your platform, that conversation is going to be a little bit different. Um, but your conversation is very much based on them and the specifics about them. It's all the personalization we have been wishing that we could do at companies for a very long time. And we've been trying to do it based on different personas and industries, but now you're really just doing this uh, personalization based on exactly what that user has done and adding value on top of what you know about them. Um, so what you're, what you're hearing in other sales conversations. Um, one other thing I want to sort of touch on, cause it's, it's important, especially for the sales piece here is that, 
in a you know traditional marketing led or sales led company what our main goal is to sign sign the contract and we get this contract signed for one year two years three years and that's sort of it and so we talk about land and expand but no one like most companies aren't yeah. like Really doing it's not actually happening. Once every like three years, we're like, hey, like yeah. your contract's going yeah. up like 10%. Like, I hope nobody like tries to fight us on this one. And then like the contract goes up and we're like, we expanded like that. You know, that's that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> and then, but in product led, it's like all about land and expand because you actually, you really land yes. at a much smaller deal size and then you expand and expand and expand and expand. There's like all these different sort of pricing tiers. There might be multiple product lines. So you're, you're, you know, cross selling different products, not just upselling into other product tiers. So um, that is a big shift in the revenue team because sales is no longer just trying to get an initial contract signed. And we see this kind of reflected in compensation is that you might get, you know, of your variable comp, maybe like 25% on the land, but 75% is on the expansion of that account over the first like year, 18 months, because expansions are happening kind of pretty consistently. So that's, that's a big shift, which means you're having that sales conversation throughout the buyer journey. So <clears throat> like my background is in ad tech, um, MarTech, uh, mostly like uh, performance marketing. And so um, when you're talking about all this, all I think about is like how well Google has applied this model, even before this was a thing, Google's sales organization, this is exactly what they do, right? Like you get, you get into AdWords. It's like, a, you don't have to pay to get entry. It like, it's a percentage of ad spend. That's what they do. Like, well, not even there. They don't even take a percentage. They just, it's ad spend. That's how they get paid. So like you get in and you use their product, but like what, what people don't understand, it's like, obviously your ad spend is what's making the money for them. And then agencies climb on, et cetera, et cetera. But I cut my teeth in, in, in pay-per-click. And so what Google did really, really well is they identify their top customers who are using the product already. And that's where they, 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 they deploy their sales organization, but they don't call them salespeople. They call them account managers. And then what they do is they come in with um, quarterly business reviews and they come in and they, and they start to talk about, Hey, you're doing it like, here's all the things that you're doing today. Are you aware that these are some of the things that could help you improve? You would reduce. And it's all about like the, the conversation is about how do you spend less per click, but more <laughs> if that works. Right. Exactly. And so it, it, the funny thing is like, as you're talking, I'm like, man, Google did this so flawlessly. And then obviously all the ad networks that have done this, that they get it right. So if anyone's been involved in that space, this has been around for a long time and it makes so much sense. However, what most people don't understand is they put this massive gate between getting started. Like if you could create a product that people actually use and then get it into market. Now, as an a go-to-market organization, you can figure out who, who's actually really there who's kind of needs some help and then who may never even be there. That's okay too. But the cost of getting there is actually probably a lot less than deploying an entire organization with this massive gate to just get started. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking about product led and you're thinking about maybe there's like a service led growth, right? There's, there's, op, there's, 
there's there's ideas around this too. Like you, there's like H and R Block. Like you can go in and get a free tax assessment um, without having to pay. Like to see they they it's been around for a long time. But what is what's really different here now is like the the shift in the mindset around how sales and marketing and customer success and it actually shifts it to the customer. And that's that's what I'm hearing. If I'm not missing something here, right? Let's talk about the yeah. customer. Their problems, how do they help? And then then everything else becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think one of the the things that is probably coming to mind for some people who are maybe more in like a, you know, sales led marketing traditional org right now and thinking about this swap is like, well then doesn't that mean that my demo requests are gonna drop down? And it's like, well, your your overall pipeline will go up. But I'm also not going to lie, like, yeah, your demo request probably will see a dip. And like, so let's say you were you were going to have 10 demo requests before. Well, now you'll probably see maybe like eight demo requests and four people who want to get started using your product. So now you're overall eight plus four, 12 versus 10, because now people had the option to sort of choose between one and the other. So yeah, you might see some shifts in what you see as like your core metrics today. So some of your metrics are probably going to change over what's important to you as a company. So yeah, demo requests might come down. Overall pipeline up, which means can you close more deals? Yeah, because there's more there for you to work. Um, whether that's on uh, bringing in for marketing, you're going to be bringing in more sales, closing more, customer success, ex expansion, depends who owns it, if it's sales or customer success, it always depends on different companies. But um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some some shifts that happen there. And then that sort of makes, that just opens up a whole nother can of worms because now it's really shifting so much about how your company operates and what's important to you um, and and how we, you know, handhold maybe each of our customers to really ensure that they're they're as successful as possible because now we're focused on them expanding over time. So, so does it have to be an or though? Like, what if, what if, what if distribution just changed a little bit around instead of it being this massive gate? Like, if I'm making cold calls to generate leads that that require a demo, etc., or I'm doing ads, or you know, I've got SEO that drives in, and the only thing we have is demo requests. What if instead, um we have assets that are out there that are driving just like become more aware. And now we have a really good marketing site that says everything that we do. And then we make it really easy for people to get started. Does it have to be an or what if it's an and is that possible? What? And demo demo request and product getting started with product. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah like, like, <laughs> like, 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 like no, not, not, not even a demo request, but instead of like, let's, let's not, let's not think about the demo request as the KPI, but yeah, like, yeah. uh, getting started so imagine it's uh hey easy to get started so you don't have to take a demo you could just get started yourself but the distribution of our message is driving towards that which is i'm imagining how you probably run your sr team which is hey instead of us calling and saying hey you want to take a demo you're like hey you probably don't know us but we exist and can i just send you some information and they get your website and they probably find their way to the getting started on their own without it having to be like this high pressure you have to take a meeting. You have to get interrogated before you even realize like what it is that we do. That's what I mean by that. Like, so let's let's take the demo request out of the uh, equation, but more about the yeah. the distribution of the conversation, which is you may not even know what we where we are all the way to cold versus you've discovered us through what a lot of people I think 
think about with product-led growth, which is like, oh, you have to have been referred in or something like that. Like that's the product. Yeah. But the reality is like, from what I'm understanding and like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying, hey, just yeah. make it easy for people to get started. And then you can think about marketing towards that in a different landscape. And can, can you market where it's more about awareness and getting your, yourself through that journey versus trying to shove someone into your sales sales journey? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the customer prospect, customer, user, choosing which way they want to go and how they want to interact with you, right? So so for our SDR team, it's an outbound SDR team. Actually, everything that comes inbound is handled directly. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, your product, yeah. your product led, but you're outbound. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Ninety six percent of product led companies have sales teams. I gotta like drive this into your brain. It's a hundred, like it's a hybrid, very much a hybrid. It's just an additional way for people to get involved with your product and start to use it. So yeah, so we have our, the team is, is the SDR team is purely outbound. Um, and they're just getting in front of kind of those like top tier of accounts that we know can fit, but we're also product led. So anyone else who wants to come in and start using the product, absolutely dive on through. Um, but the SDR outreach is definitely a little bit different than what I, what I, you know, worked with at other companies, which is that it's really like a value add conversation as much as possible. Um, they're doing a lot of like social selling. They're in some Slack communities and adding value there where they can. Um, and then it's also about the customer choice on the other flip side of that, right? So does, or prospect, same thing, but does the prospect want to get started and just start using the product? Do they actually just ignore the SDR altogether, but then come to our website and start using the product? Yes. Do they? Yes. <laughs> and we'll yes. For that. <laughs> well, so, okay. That, the whole, well, I want to I stop there for a second because this is a yeah. big problem. This is a big problem with outbound organizations and yeah. um, where I think, I think people get so discouraged because I know, because I've been doing this for a long time and it sounds like you know this, but outbound reps, they get their teeth kicked in. Like you should probably have mouth guards in when you're making cold calls and, you know, doing your work, right? Um, but the reality is there's a lot of people who – act one way and then they they engage a different way so like if if we have a really solid list message strategy there's a big chunk of that audience who kicks you off the phone quickly but you intrigue them enough to go to your website they go to your website they then start searching and bam you got an inbound request that outbound rep gets nothing for that and um yet not at our like, company <laughs> okay perfect so product led means you have this holistic view of list rep message and go to market becomes i think i mean i'm getting excited here because you're like saying hey look we have a with product led you're saying we have a very strategic list of people we know we can serve everything else that came comes in is kind of gravy but tell me a little bit more about what that means because you were like hey we for outbound we're we're, we're outbound so how does that work within yeah. your organization yeah so they're they're account-based uh ser team uh, we know the personas that are the best for us to target and go after. Um, they are, like I said, reaching out um, all the all the normal spots, uh, but maybe in just like a slightly different way, where it's less about like, hey, you know, we can do this and this is our software, and more about like, 
I understand, like from going to your website, I saw you have these different pricing tiers and these different products and how are you thinking about blah, 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 blah. So it's really about them. I mean, honestly, it's just like what you should be doing anyway. <laughs> and no marketing. matter what, and but it very much it's, has to be value add because if we're going to be product led, we have to be adding that value or else they're just not going to talk, talk to us about I, it. I got, I got, I got to stop here. Cause uh, what you're saying is like, I'm so excited. Like, cause we, we, like, this is the future of all this stuff. Right. So what you're saying is, Hey, we have a list of people that we know we want to engage. We have a team that's responsible for outbound demand, gen sales development, whatever you want to call it. You can call whatever you want. <laughs> we're product led, but we're just trying to make people problem aware, then maybe solution aware, et cetera. And the objective is not, Take a demo, take a demo, take a demo, and I don't get. Otherwise, I don't get paid. It's 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 more so. Hey, are you are you aware of some of these things? And maybe what does that look like? Like, am I hearing that correctly? Uh, is is it? Yeah. Like when you say it's different, it's like, is it? It's, it's not so much different in terms of the tactics, right? You're still making calls. You're still sending cold emails. You're still cold LinkedIn-ing. You're engaging on. You might even be sending gifts. I don't know, but the tactic might not be call to action being take a demo now or we'll pay you to take a demo it's more so are you even aware of this kind of thing that exists and is that what i'm hearing i i I'd like to yeah. kind of yeah yeah that's that. definitely the case so we think of it like very holistically um and sometimes I forget that this is even like forward thinking because to me, it's just like, duh, they worked and talked to somebody that obviously no matter which way they end up coming in from, they should get that credit. Um, but yeah, so so for us, if they are having a conversation with someone and someone specifically asked to immediately get started with a product, great. Or specifically asked to have a meeting or they offer a meeting and they have it, great. Yeah, comped all there. If they are reaching out to someone over and over again and then they just sheerly come inbound, um, we like, as long as we can track something about, yeah, they were actively reaching out to them or maybe we get, if that person ends up on a call, we can say, Hey, like, how'd you hear about us? And then they'll, you know, mention one of the SDRs. If there's any sort of way we can just sort of connect the dots, which we're fairly loose which, on. Which, which <laughs> isn't, which isn't even that difficult these days, right? Like, yeah, no, it's really not. So, <laughs> Most of it's it, already it, automated. Every once in a while we ask on the call. Okay, cool. Great. And, and, and the funny thing, what I love about what you're saying, like nonchalantly, but a lot of people struggle with this because I don't know what it is. They don't want to pay their salespeople are doing the hard work anyway. Like it's like they were on a list <laughs> that they, they were working the list. And um, do we even have to argue about it? Like they're on the list. They're now here. Let's just just keep moving forward, right? It's just kind of the – instead of us going and paying a bunch of money on – to Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and all this stuff for ads, like that, that is our distribution network. Like you had a human against that list. Uh, is that how you, see, is, is that how you think about that internally? Or is there something else that if I'm, if I'm a leader trying to kind of develop this model, is there other things that you would um, recommend with helping um, provide credit so that it's like not a subjective thing anymore. It's very objective black and white. Cause the last thing you want to do with salespeople is, get them excited. They love your product. They love your service. They're going to market. They're doing their thing. They're getting kicked in the teeth all day long because that's what happens. Right? Most people aren't ready, but their their first engagement might be their best customer in a year from now. So they're getting kicked in the teeth all day long. Um, how do you how do you think about attribution and or like like 
making that something that if I'm a leader, like how do I how do I give credit back? Because I hear that I hear that so often. Like, well, how do I really know how to pay them? It's like, well, you know, their job is to have conversations with your next best client. It could be a yes, it could be a no, it could be not. I mean, I know, but that's their job. So you give them a list. They they call the list or engage the list, and then they follow up. Um, nothing else matters, and and unfortunately, the model today has been only meetings, right? Because meetings produce opportunities and sales. But what we're talking about right now is like, no, other stuff's happening, right? Other stuff's happening along the way. So is there anything that you do internally that helps monitor some of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, anywhere, like I said, anywhere that we can give that credit, we'll give the credit. So whether that's something we can tie to, yeah, they've been in this person's sequence. Maybe they connected on LinkedIn. Maybe they've already been chatting on LinkedIn. Um, but then the person completely ghosted them. Like any link we can make, great, let's do it. And the easiest of that is like, you know, which people are in which sequence and how many touches they've gotten and, and all those things. So that's probably your lowest hanging fruit. Um, but yeah, anytime that credit can, can be there, which like I said, we're loose on the definition. Cause even if it can't be perfectly tied, but you can showcase something, it's like, you know what? These people are working really hard. It's okay. The end goal is that we are all trying to drive revenue as an org. So I think that's also one thing I want to dig in on here is that it's it's no longer like, okay, this is the sales team. This is the BD team. This is the marketing team. Like in product-led specifically, it should be in every company anyways, but in product-led specifically, these things sort of just break down and it's really like one team, one dream. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to get people to start using your product, get successful with your product, pay to use the product. And so that means that from the marketing, from the outbound, inbound, from the sales touch points, everything is, everyone's focused on the same thing. You're fine if they want to use the product. You're fine if they want to get on a call. Everyone knows they're going to get comped in either way, whether that's on the sales side or, or marketing. And then it also means that you end up with better alignment across those teams too, because for instance, if we have a, a, a number of outbound accounts that we want to go after, then on the marketing side, we're warming up those accounts before any of the SDRs are even reaching out to them at all. So they've been getting other marketing ads and other different touch points before the SDR team reaches out. So hopefully, you know, they're at least slightly warm or I think the saying is something like it takes like six touch points for someone to become familiar with your brand. We're trying to knock off a couple of those touch points so that by the time the SDR reaches out, they're like, you know, I've heard of correlated. Um, I know, at least know something about it or just they like maybe recognize the name. So they give them the time of day to have a conversation about it. Um, so it, it aligns the team in that way, too, so that, you know, if we're warming up all the accounts, it doesn't matter if it was booked through outbound or booked inbound. Either way, it's we're all driving towards these revenue numbers. Um, you know, what's a nice uh, little controversial topic if we want to get into it, too, is some companies actually moving away altogether from variable comp. So some are moving to variable comp uh, in and like pushing that further down pipeline and not just to like initial deal, but past that of like the expansions like we talked about. Um, and like the success of the customer, but some companies are actually choosing to instead, uh, you know, have a salary per role and, uh, a nice high salary, but a salary per role and kind of roll things out that way and not have a variable comp component, which is also, uh, <laughs> an interesting take. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to, we got about 
I mean, we have a few more minutes here before we have to land the plane. I want to dig. I want to dig into that because there are so many people out there that will lean on product like growth is the future. Like you should just offer it up. The client will decide if they want to work with you or not. But what is your take on that? Right? There's there's still this. There's still well, the argument becomes there's still a demand for sales to do sales, which is, hey, you're not going to take action. I have to be. I have to. You know, I have to uh, proactively engage you to ensure that you're aware of the threat, the opportunity, the risk, etc. Right? I have to proactively do this; otherwise, it's not going to happen. That's one take. The other take is, you know, the product's so great, it's just going to get there themselves. And so, if we move towards this model of like, hey, the customer's coming in, we're just here to serve. You're on a salary. That's one thing. The other is, hey, you're motivated to get these actions. What is your take on that? Do you think that? variable compensation is a threat um like it's not a good thing or are you saying variable compensation is still important because it influences the right behaviors with the team that's supposed to be doing the the work to get that initial deal across the line yeah your your last comment is what is how you should just be thinking about variable comp in general which is the point of variable comp is to drive certain behaviors and the way that you should be creating any sort of compensation structure, especially on the variable side is how are people going to exploit this? Because that's exactly what I want them to do. I want them to exploit the variable comp. So for instance, in that example of saying, okay, if let's say we choose that we are going to have a variable comp component, then Inside of that, if I say you'll only get 25% on the land, but you'll get 75% on the expand or even 0% on the land and 100% is over to the expand in that first year, then what's that going to make you do? You're going to go, okay, well then fine. I'll just sign them on the smallest deal ever and expand them. It's like, great. That's literally, that's exactly what we want you to do. <laughs> that's perfect. Great. Love it. Let's yeah. do that. Higher so velocity, <laughs> more growth on the tail. Yeah, That's it's right. like whatever you whatever you're thinking about on the comp side is how will people exploit that compensation, and is that the behavior that they want that you want them to do? And if that's what you want, great, do it. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so then, what would happen if you so so if I'm understanding this, if you say you just eliminate variable comp, then what happens? Yes. So then if you think about what, who would we talk to if we didn't have variable comp? So if you're, if you are compensating on the expand of an account, let's say on the expand of an account over time, or even just on the initial land of it, which wouldn't make sense for product led, but we'll just use it for the example. You're only going to talk to people who are going to give you the largest ACV possible if you're sheerly compensated based off of uh, what that, what that ACV is. And so, but but but, but what if want, we have no? What if we have what if we have no yeah. variable comp? What if we have no yes, variable? But if comp? you yeah. if you give people no variable comp, then they're going to talk to everyone because they don't care what that contract value is going to end up summing up to. And so that's ding, the ding, 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 not ding. having variable comp is that you will talk to the smallest of the small companies, the biggest of the big, whoever has. You won't just be looking at who has the budget and the money to do whatever. You'll just make sure that so, every customer is as successful as possible. So I think I think a lot of people um, should really subscribe to Freakonomics, the podcast, and like really think about like human behavior and some of this stuff. But that was really well 
articulated. And, and the fact that like, yeah, of course, of course, most people don't want to have to have a big chunk of their potential money to be made associated with getting deals done um, in order to like eat, right? Like, well, let's take that out of the equation. Let's assume that we're a company that pays a fair, like livable wage. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have professionals who are really good at getting specific types of things done based on what we're trying to incentivize so that we bring on the right clients so that we can serve them correctly over time. Now, if those things are in play and there's good leadership there, then it all makes sense. Now, if you take all of that away, then what happens? Like you, you have no measuring stick. And that, that, that's so, it's a, such an interesting concept. And the way you articulated that was so fair. Um, I know we're getting up on the end of the call here. Breezy, you are like a breath of knowledge. And I feel like we could probably talk for like four or five more episodes uh, if we needed to. But thank you so much for sharing sharing your insight here. If there's, is there anything else we didn't cover today that you definitely wanted to cover uh, before we land? I like to say land the plane on today's conversation. <laughs> Let's do one quick uh, other misconception that I'll, I'll clear up quickly, which is that product-led is only for low ACV companies. Um, mm. People think, oh, you know, it's only for really small contract sizes. Um, definitely not the case. Just look at the publicly traded product-led companies like Atlassian and Datadog and this and that. So I think we can, uh, you know, throw that one outside the window uh, along with the product-led doesn't have sales teams. Again, definitely not the case. So why not clear up one last misconception while we're there? But Ryan, this was awesome. Thank you very much for having me on and I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was super, uh, it was a really exciting conversation for me because, you know, as I mentioned at the start of this, PLG, uh, PLG is the way. It's more cost effective. It's going to have a lower CAC, a higher LTV. PLG is the way phone led. Oh, but we're talking about both. Like it's not an or anymore. It's about yep. making it easier sure. for the buyer to experience what it is that you offer to the market and then being smart about how you address it within the internal, not only just like the team structure, but also the compensation incentives as we covered today. Uh, Breezy, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Um, I don't know how open you are to networking, but if people wanted to reach out to you to like continue this conversation, are you open to it? And if so, oh yeah, 100%. My LinkedIn is, is always open. I have flooded with uh, lots of amazing conversation with folks. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you want to correlate, it's also on there or getcorrelated.com. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, love to network with folks. So feel free to start up a conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. All right. Uh